Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's 105 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. We just did opened up the River Cree Resort Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino excitement bet on it. Our last caller, Ken. Yes, that was Ken Lacusta, who we actually had in studio for an hour. Uh, hey, we're in the summer. Uh, former Canadian heavyweight boxer, a guy who fought George Foreman uh, and Tommy Morrison. So uh, he fought some legitimate guys, sparred with Iron Mike Tyson, even trained a few of the Oilers back in the days, including uh, Kevin McClellan. We are going to head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline for Contract Equipment Limited, Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rental and sales. We welcome back to the show. I don't know if he sparred with Ken Lacusta, but he certainly sparred once with the late, great Daryl Duke. Uh, we welcome back George LaRock. Hello, George. How are you doing? Good, Bob. How's you doing? How's everyone on your side? Well, everybody is good, but there's a lot of people that are expressing their uh, uh, feelings. George, the show is moving 5 to 7 uh, to Afternoon Drive with the, starting in September. So we got a lot of people commenting on that. We just had Ken Lacoste to call into the show. We were talking by the way, Daryl Duke, uh, he, he could, he was a, he, and God rest his soul, he's no longer with us, but he was, uh, he knew how to fight, didn't he, George? Yeah, yeah, he was, uh, for a guy for his size, pound for pound, he was tough, he was tough, and uh, you know, we got to train with him for many years as a trainer, and uh, it was amazing, and uh, you know, going to Panner Gym in a basement and train where, you know, the, the same gym where uh, um, basement quite that exhibition match with Mike Tyson and on with Muhammad Ali, yeah, and uh, all those great fighters that that that's been Kenny there. Kenny Lacusa uh, trained there. Kenny Lacusa was just on the show today. Yeah, so. and actually another another guy that trained there that became my trainer after Daryl Duke is Franco Sestito. Franco Sospito was a really good boxer, too. And uh, he was an amazing trainer, too, and stuff. And I did a lot of training with him on the ice. When a lot of tub guys were actually training boxing, I would do boxing training with Franco on the ice. So that way, it, it looks more like a fighting technique when they're on the ice as when you're doing off the ice. Because fighting off the ice gives you bad habits for on the ice because you're always out of balance when you're on your skate. So it's better to be padding on the ice than off the ice. That's why I actually do with guys. Guys that I train right now, uh, personal players that I train for fighting, I do just like Franco was doing with me. I do it on the ice with them. How many guys are you training right now, George? Five guys. Five guys. There's only one that, 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 that I mentioned because it was filmed by someone. It was on the news. But mm-hmm. the other guys, um, they rather have it confidential. So that's why I'm not going to say their name. But if somebody catches us, then there's nothing that I could so do. So you've that. been caught with one of the players? You've been caught trading yeah, one of the guys? Yeah, yeah because we did it where the Canadian, Montreal Canadian practice. So there was an event with the kids in the morning. So all the parents were sitting in the stand filming us while we're fighting. So 
I knew it was going to be something oh, online, okay. which is okay, which is okay. But most of the guys, they, they get an eyes that, that early in the morning so no one could see us because they don't want people to know. I, no, it's their thing, you know, I don't question them and stuff, and it's fine. Okay. Them to make sure that they know how to defend themselves and to make sure they know how to in bad position and stuff. And, and uh, yeah, and it's awesome. You know, I love... Uh, I love spending time with guys that want to learn. All right. Uh, well, there's a couple pretty tough guys on the Canadians, uh, including a defenseman that got hurt last year in a fight with uh, Vincent Dernay, uh in Jack Eye. He was, uh, I mean, he did a number on Zach Cassian. By the way, way now should, should seek my help. I do it for free. I help everyone that I do for free. now should seek my help because with his size, it could be much better than he is now. And uh, if he seeks my help, I'll be happy to help him. George, you might have somebody reach out to you here over the next 48 hours, okay? Uh, let's do this. The question I posed to the listeners, and we had a fairly animated conversation, are the Edmonton Oilers, George, in your opinion, a legitimate Stanley Cup contender this year? Okay, Bob, it, it's crazy because the way I'm going to answer that question, I'm gonna, it, it's tough to say yes or no, and I'll tell you why. I'll say yes if the goalie situation is fine, and I'll say no if we're struggling with goaltending again. So, meaning, is Skinner is going to be ready to assume a number one like, spot? He's young still. Yep. Kenny, yes, he can. Willie, I don't know. Um, Campbell, is he going to be back? Is he going to give us? Like, um, what he was supposed to give the team, yeah. Yeah, like a decent 30 games. Now we know that Skinner's going to play more games than, 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 uh, than Campbell. That's okay, we know that. But what kind of 30 games Campbell's going to give us? If Campbell is playing, all we ask him is not 937% inch. Stay above 900. Give us a 905. 905, not more than 2.99 goal average. If he does that, as Kenner could keep a 2.5, 9.15 percentage, well, what could be a top contender? Yeah, I would say that, if the Oilers have, if the, George, save percentages dropped last year, but I would tell you around the league, shooting percentage went up. I would tell you that if the Oilers have a goals uh, save percentage of nine ten or better, they're probably winning 52-53 games because they can score goals. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. And that's what we need into the playoff team. We don't need, our team is so good that we don't need a fair price in the net. We don't need a best in the net. That's fine. There's only two, three goalies like that in the league anyway. You could, like, look at what the goalie did in, in Vegas last year. He did awesome, but he wasn't the best goalie in the league. We just need a goalie to make this, like, to stop forcing the stars, the others, to win by scoring five goals. Yeah. George, it was funny because uh, Kenny Lacusta's point was. You know, how many changes have Vegas made? I'm like, well, they actually didn't make a lot. They brought back Aiden Hill in goal. They signed Barbashev to $5 billion in order to do that. They got rid of Riley Smith. Uh, they're coming back with pretty much the same team. He's like, yeah, well, the orders were right there with Vegas. Yes, they, they you still got to improve a bit. I'm, I, I think Colorado's going to be better than they were last year. People forget, if the Edmonton Oilers, George, had beaten the Montreal Canadiens on Super Bowl Sunday, instead they played their worst game of the year and lost 62. If they had won that game in Montreal, Edmonton would have had home ice advantage throughout the playoffs. Yeah, it would have changed everything. That's why it's so important. Yeah. And again, Vegas, 
that series and Vegas were up to one, five on three for them. It changed the series. All right. Sometimes that's what that, that's what happened. Bad bounces and stuff. But at least we know we could hang with them. But you know, Vegas also is going to be a force next year. So. Uh, but I like our chances for goalies to do the job. All right. Uh, tell me the truth. Back in 06, you know, did you guys have, did, did Dwayne Rolson buy that confidence for you at the end of the regular season, or did it start in the playoff series against Detroit? No. First of all, you know, when you, we, we fought. We, we gave everything we had just to make the playoffs. And as you know, teams that do this, they're in a momentum that other teams like Detroit, like we, we, the first round we're playing against Detroit, we were playing playoff hockey for the last couple of weeks of the season to make the playoffs. So we brought the game to a level that Detroit could match in with all the stars they had because they cruised to finish line into the playoffs when we were battling. We, our playoff mode, we were already on. And, you know, like everyone, you know, we're playing Detroit first round. You're always going to believe in the chance to be an athlete. But let's be honest, Detroit was the favorite and with reason. But the way Rolson played in that first playoff uh, and the way we beat Detroit, then we started thinking that we could go all the way. Because as you know, it doesn't matter the team that you have. And look at the great players that Detroit have. When your goalie is hot at the right time, just like Aidenville was, you can win the cup. When Patrick was was hot at the right time, Montreal won the cup. And no one thought that Montreal was going to do it. And, And you know what? You know, that's why goaltending is so important because, you know, as you know, in playoffs, defensive makes you win championship and it starts with a goalie. We're joined by George LaRocque for Contract Equipment, Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rental and sales. All right, George, this is a talk. So you're sitting there and privately, off the record, maybe helping a couple, uh, you know, Quebec-based pro players learn how to defend themselves a little bit better on the ice. Meanwhile, not surprisingly, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League is the first major junior league in Canada to outright ban fighting. Uh, it's interesting with Quebec because I remember the 91 Memorial Cup. Spokane was playing, I think, against Shakutami. And Spokane had a tough, they had Toporowski and all these guys, Cam Daniluk, and they had a five on five line brawl. And all five guys from Spoke were on top of the kids from the Quebec League. But then we had a whole bunch of tough guys out of Quebec. A guy by the name of George LaRock, a guy by the name of Sandy McCarthy, a guy by the name of uh, Peter Orell. I mean, you guys were all huge. Brashear. Uh, you know, we had a Ojek. big... Ojek. Like, he had some tough, tough dudes out of the queue. What are your thoughts on the Quebec League banning fighting? Okay, so just to start, okay? As you said, you mentioned a lot of guys that used to be in the league. We have found a toughest guy that came from the queue. Only in Quebec, the politician gets involved in junior hockey. They don't do it in Ontario. They don't do it in the West. So you know what's going on in Quebec, Bob? In Quebec, in minor leagues like Bantam, Midget, they have to do progressive hitting. No open eye set. You've got to hit the guy when he has the puck. And when he doesn't, you can't hit him. He has to be progressive. If you hit too hard, you're going to get a penalty. That's where it's coming to. And there's no more hitting in the queue. And because of that, there's eight players last year that got drafted from the queue. You know what the scout is saying about the queue, Bob? They're saying that the queue is a soft league. It's soft. Players are soft. Yes, they're fast. Yes, they're skilled. But there's no hitting anymore. And I'm not just talking about fighting. 
the fact that there's no fighting, the play in the queue is less and less physical. And what's going to happen to that bub? There's going to be less play from the queue drafted. The best player in the queue is going to up to go play college or elsewhere now because, you know, it, it's going to hurt their chance to be, to be playing better because they, they're not, they, they don't look at them as much as the other league. I don't understand it because fighting is part of the game, but taking it out, what people have to understand for the people that they're happy that fighting is, is going out in Quebec is that you're also going to take physicality because now all they do is they don't hit anymore. And the hitting is part of the game. Physicality is part of the game. And imagine a guy that plays an entire career junior. He just drafted in the NHL. You go pros. And you play a style that you're not accustomed to because there's no hitting in a queue. And, you know, the other league didn't follow through. They were like, oh, the queue is going to be the first league to, to ban fighting and everybody's going to follow through. Do you see anyone doing that? No. Do you want to know why, George? Do you want to know why? You said it. It's Paul. Who are the richest teams in the Quebec League right now? Besides the Ramparts. Besides the Ramparts? Um, the ones in the, the ones in the Atlantic, right? Like Halifax. Oh yes, you're right. Halifax, you're right. You're right. Okay. So, you're do right. you want my theory on this? Okay. Go ahead. You tell me. You could do some digging. Okay. Is the Quebec provincial government really paying for a lot of the Quebec League? Is that possible? They get, as you know, yeah. Quebec gets yeah, a yeah. lot of equalization yeah. payments. Are they bailing? Are they bailing that league out? Is that because it just seems like that league's awfully complicit to the will of the politicians? Yeah, they they are helping them out because after COVID, yeah. uh, some people are really, really, really struggling. Yeah, so they're helping them out big time. So it makes sense because I've never seen like so many politicians getting involved with junior hockey talking about dangerous it is and this and that and this and that it's insane it's I've and it's mostly in quebec where the where the politics seem to have the great now it's also one province you look at ontario and you know they got it's one province for 20 teams in their league but they got 20 teams in their league for 14 and a half million people the quebec leagues at 18 teams george they do have the last several, like they, like the Ramparts just won the Memorial Cup. Seattle had six guys off the world junior team. Patrick Wild coached Matt Odette in that series. Um, but the Ramparts, you know, they, they can, but you would also be the first guy to admit they totally load up one or two teams every year in the Quebec League, right? Actually, yeah, but let's have something else, okay? Because now, one of the things that people are saying is that, oh, the Quebec League is better than the Memorial Cup. The thing that people have to understand is that if you look in the West, in Ontario, the way the hockey is played, how physical it is, how physical it is in the playoffs. After the playoffs, the guys wear and tear. They're done. In the Quebec League, there's no hitting. You have a team that is fresh coming into the Royal Cup in a tournament that there's no hitting. So they have an advantage because they're playing. There's no hitting. They're a fresher team than the other team that are coming to the Memorial Cup. So that's a big advantage because in the Memorial Cup, it's only one game. It's not as physical. Guys are, like, like we're down physically. So the correct team have an advantage. So it's not because you win the Memorial Cup that you're the best team in, in, in the queue or in junior league because... Again, if you're that good, why there's only eight players that get drafted from the team now? Well, last you know, eight two, players this year. Yeah, two years ago, Shawinigan. Uh, we had uh, Xavier Borgo with Shawin again, and they had Maverick Bork, and they won the Quebec League championship. And the other team that hosted 
I'm try- uh, was coached by Gardner McDougal, the UNB head coach. They fired the head coach of the team that hosted. Gardner took the team over. The team hadn't played in a month. They were fresh, and they won the Memorial. I can't even remember the team's name, but they won the Memorial Cup. I think it was one of the Atlantic teams that ended up playing. It wasn't Halifax. I know that. And so maybe it was Halifax. Uh, no, no, it was no, no, it was uh, it was uh, it was uh, was it Batters? Uh, uh, Moncton might have been Moncton. Let's just see. Yeah, uh, I'll type up twenty. So you, so you think only eight players drafted out of the queue? You think part of it is it's just they've it's become. Um, Bob, um, Bob, Bob, listen. I went when I went to Nashville for the draft, right? Yeah. I know a lot of former players that became scouts. They, I was talking to them. We're changing up and, and stuff. And it was the St. John Sea Dogs, George. Sorry. So oh, okay, yeah, the Sea Dogs. And, yeah. and, and you know, couple of the the couple couple of the scouts are actually former tough guys. And you want, you know the whole question they were all asking about what is going on with the Quebec League? Why they're turning the player into soft players? What is going on? They're hurting the reputation of these players, and it's not their fault. That's what they don't understand. They're thinking that it's helping the guys doing that, but it's not. Hockey is a physical game, and fighting is down in the NHL. It's down junior hockey. It's changed, and it's okay. It's okay that it's changing stuff. But the only thing is, though, what they have to realize is that, you know what? Uh, if your best product now is going to up to play in other leagues because you're putting rules that's going to hurt them, yeah. what are you going to do? You're going to go back? You can't go back anymore. So that's why I don't understand it. See, uh, George, you have you, you have some people texting the show right now that say, uh, I don't think there's any place for fighting in the NHL. And as you know, George, I got no problem with two, two consenting adults settling a score on the ice. And I also also have no problem if a guy's done something cheap, he's got to pay for doing something cheap. But I didn't play in the NHL. You did. What do most NHL players think about fighting, George? Okay, so to, to the people right now that are texting and they love to watch ringette and uh, they love to watch darts maybe or or, or bowling, pool because there's no fighting or I escapade. Okay, I have news for you. The most important people to know if fighting should be in the game or not is the players. So let's talk about the survey that the NHL player does with all the players in the league. As you know, there's a lot of players in the league that don't fight. But did you know that when we did a survey, if, I, if fighting should stay in the game, over 95% of the players vote for fighting to stay in the game. And in that percentage, most of them are players that don't fight and that never fought once. What does that tell you if the product that are playing NHL, even guys that don't fight, are saying how important it is to leave fighting in the game? It shows you that it's part of the game. Sometimes when the temper flares up, you know, it's better that two players said, settled in like this as to settling with hockey sticking ahead. Because if there's no fighting, that's what's going to happen. If you can't fight, then you're going to start see people stick swinging. You're going to see dirty stuff, other dirty thing. There's a code associating to, to fighting that, that people might not all understand what the code is and how important the code is. But that's why fighting should stay there. And the one dimensional fighter is not there anymore. It's not there. There's no more guys that just tune in to fight. Fighting is way down. It's more secure. So that's why there shouldn't be actual any problem in it. And actually, it's funny because we always have debates about fighting, but 
you know, I've never seen when I went to the rink and there was a fight. I've never seen fans standing up on the feet. Oh, my doing. God. I don't want to watch that fight. I can't watch it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Everybody's on their feet screaming and yelling and the energy is in the building. We all see that. So um, where's the problem? So that's why, you know, to me, it's not a debate. It's a waste of time. Uh, <laughs> fighting is part of the game. It's always going to be there. Um, and I'm saying it not just because that's what I did for a living, but it brings an excitement. And you know what, Bob? Hockey right now is dead last in terms of the most popular sports in the States. Hockey used to be one of the most popular sports. And, you know, it wasn't a time of Probert. The only people would show up two hours before the game because they knew that they would fight. And there was an excitement. There was buzzing at the building. The Battle of Alberta that people were cramp like cramping up outside to get inside the ring. People were buying tickets from scalpers. They knew there was going to be battle. It was a true Battle of Alberta. Today, the Battle of Alberta, guys are talking to each other in a warm-up. They're laughing. They're having fun. They're tapping each other in the pad. Well, Matt Kachuk Matt brought the Battle of Alberta back. Cause he... Yeah, but now he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> George, you're a beauty, man. You know who replaced Kachuk? You know who replaced it? You know You think Roberto's going to revive the battle of Alberta? That's better than ever. It is gone. There's no more battle of Alberta. You know what the battle is going to be now, Bob? The battle is in the Atlantic Division. Toronto, Montreal, Jack Eye, and Reeves. Toronto, uh, uh, Boston. Uh, Montreal, Boston with Luchik that's going to be there. You know? The toughest division now is the Atlantic. This is where the battle is going to be. But now, you're going to be able to hear a fly flying in the Battle of Alberta because there's not going to be any more physicality. George, you are a beauty, and you were bringing it today. Thanks, man. Anytime, brother. All right, that is George Larocque. Uh Bob, I got an idea. If you don't like fighting in the NHL, you could move to Quebec. Problem solved. That text comes in on the Ashley Five Floors text line. Well, take your share of the debt to Quebec and go. Anyways, <laughs> 126 in Edmonton, you can text us. Oh, that makes me laugh. Um, yes, indeed. Guests and winners now receive gift cards to Japanese Village Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Book your celebration for the census at Jamie Edmonton's. One day uh, it'll be like Survivor and we'll do the vote. Uh, George LaRock. That's, that's my alter ego speaking over my left shoulder right now. Uh, talking about the uh, politics currently in this country. Uh, George LaRock for Contract Equipment Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer for rental and sales. George is a, a proud supporter of uh, of the province of Alberta. And Kyrus Class Last in Wetaskiwin, Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin, well known for their top shelf service department. They don't forget about you after you purchase a vehicle. You can reach Uncle Melt, Rich Johnny, and let the team at Brent Ridge Ford make you a repeat customer. 780-352-6048. Your Ford Truck Authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Derek, I'm going to just say this, just, and I know we're going to marry a couple breaks here and we're going to bring in uh, uh, Randy Kilburn and Reed Wilkins is coming up at 135. You know, I got no problem uh, in the NHL. I think the players need to police themselves. Yes. Right? It comes out. So you know what? They have that option. They can go do it. And um, there's a lot of times when maybe long before I was privileged enough to work as a uh, sportscaster, broadcaster, or doing the Oilers games, you know, maybe I frequented certain establishments in the 1980s where two dumb rednecks would go and square up outside and have a battle. And a couple times I was the guy getting uh, knocked on my ass. It happened once in a while, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And usually the guy grabbed me and said, all right, let's go for a beer. We're done and over with, right? Different time. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, 
if if there's a mutual agreement in place, I got no problem with it. And as I got older, I realized, yeah, I'm less capable of doing it than ever before. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the truth but for I all of us. immense respect for guys that can do it at an NHL level. All right, 128 at Edmonton. Randy's got a Global News weather traffic update. He's stoked because he's a Boston Bruins fan. They got Luch. You heard George LaRock. Hey, we got Jack Guy. And the Leafs got Reeves. And the Atlantic Division is the toughest division in the NHL. Uh, is he the toughest broadcaster at 630 Chad? Uh, Reed Wilkins up next when we return.